All right. Good morning. And again, thank God for all of you. God is great and he is greatly to be praised. Again, we thank God for his goodness, his mercy, and his grace. And we again are excited to be back in the house of the Lord. First Sunday in July of 2022. So again, we celebrate God, our risen King, and to all of you, uh, we again say welcome. Good morning. Let me do a quick shout out. Again, to our virtual listeners in Washington, Kansas, Mississippi, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, let's again welcome our listeners in Texas and California, North and South Carolina, uh, Indiana and Ohio, Chicago and uh, Illinois in general. We've got friends in Pontiac, Detroit, Portage, Ann Arbor, Battle Creek, Kalamazoo. Uh, again, listeners in Bay City and Midland, Detroit. As always, the big Pontiac and to all you that are here uh, in the city of Saginaw, to our in-person viewers, again, we say again, thank God for all of you, and we welcome you today. Things to be aware of during this month, it's a busy month, and we are excited. This is a busy month for us, uh, starting with Ju July the 11th, Saginaw Valley District uh, Association will be in session um, and they will go through the 17th, uh, 17th or, yes, yeah, 17th. Uh, and again, uh, we will be, we will not be in session that week, no Bible study or prayer service, because we will be in session uh, with Saginaw Valley District. One of our own, uh, and the person, Minister Regi Reginald Cameron, uh, who serves as the president for the local ministers, will give his annual address. So we want to make sure we are there for him. He gives his address on Thursday. I think the time is 6 o'clock. And so we want to make sure that we're in the house with him as he celebrates uh, during that week. Again, we thank God for that. Uh, on the 17th, which is the third Sunday of the month, we will do our Church in the Park evangelistic worship service. I can't tell you how excited I am. Again, to thank God that God is opening that door. We're actually going to do service in the park, again, uh, under the tent. Um, in case those of you that are pretty and you don't want to get sunburned, you can be under the tent. And so, again, we thank God for that. Uh, we'll be serving uh, some food afterwards, um, something very light. Uh, but we want you to be attentive. We've got uh, two groups that will be with us on that day, Sister Ashley Jones, uh, you always hear her song in the background before we come in, recording artists out of Grand Rapids. And obviously, we will have chosen sons and daughters. And we know Brother James Owens for nearly a half year. Uh, he has played with us. And it's his recording group that will be here. Brother Owens has recorded an album as well. And many of you may not know, Brother Owens is... Again, uh, the lead guitar player for Jill Scott and another uh, R&B artist. So he does a lot of traveling. So he's world-renowned. He's an exceptional player. But we're glad to have his group. They're gonna be, he won't be playing blues at the, at the church in the park, obviously. Uh, but he will, uh, Chosen Sons and Dogs, will be singing gospel songs. We know him very well. His father used to pastor a church not far from here. So we're looking forward to that. Going to be a great day. Uh, going to be a great day that day. The purpose is evangelism. That is the purpose. And so please invite your cousins, your nephews, your nieces, your neighbors, your co-workers, people that live around you. Invite them that day so that the Lord can move on their hearts and get them saved. That's the whole game plan. The game plan behind the service is not just to go outside and have service. We can do that anytime. 
All right. The purpose is to win souls for the kingdom. Okay. And we can't, we can't preach something and not practice it. All right. So we've been saying to you, hey, you need to be winning souls. So now the church collectively is going to be in the park. And the purpose, again, is to win souls for the kingdom. Again, we'll have mass sanitizer, all of the above. If you're careful and leery of that, you don't have to worry. We'll make sure that we have that plenty of water and everything else out there. Uh, we anticipate it's going to be a warm day. And so we thank God for that. Um, at the end of the month, uh, Deacon Chris Tatum will give his first sermon. And so we're excited about that. It's going to be at 4 p.m. Uh, on that day, again, we are excited, looking forward to a great time. All hands on deck. We want to make sure that we are in the house. Uh, he is one of our very own, and so we thank God for him. And again, I said earlier, one of the things about vision <clears throat> is that when God gives a vision, he gives you something. A vision is something given by God that you can't accomplish on your own. That's why it's called a vision. If it's something you can do on your own, then it's not a vision from God. All right. So a vision given by God is something you cannot do except by the power of God. All right. So, again, we thank God that in his infinite wisdom uh, that God has saw fit again to enlarge our territory and our, our parent body uh, during this past month or so. Uh, minister Reg Reginald Cameron has come on board with us as a minister. And again, we embrace him. Um, and so we look forward to God doing some great things. God is sending those because he is starting to enlarge the ministry and start to unfold the assignment. All right. So, again, we thank God for that uh, during this month. Uh, and I think uh, I don't have the time, the date. I have to look at the date, if you will. Uh, but during this month, uh, we will have our uh, stewardship. Uh, we will have our stewardship meeting and. Let me see if I can give you the date right now, which obviously I cannot pull up, but I will have it for you when we get ready to do service. All right. So we'll give a stewardship report of what we've done thus far this year um, and what still needs to be done. <clears throat> and I want to continue to remind you, there is so much work that still needs to be done. Uh, don't just assume what you see is it is not. Uh, when you look at those broken sidewalks outside, that's something that needs to be done. All right. Those are small things. Parking lot. Uh, the building needs to be painted. I mean, all of those are things that still need to be done. We are working on trying to accessorize every classroom. We've already got the classes selected. We're working on the materials now. Um, and we are trying to get every room technologically ready so that we can get back in the classroom in September. Can't tell you how excited I am uh, to be ready to do that. And any of our virtual listeners that would like to be a part of the classes, we can simply put you in a class via Zoom so you won't miss a beat. All right. So, again, we're thankful to God for that. Uh, again, we, we hope and pray that you will be supportive. Uh, if you can, uh, again, we want to make sure that you give, uh, again, to accessorize all the classrooms. Uh, you know, we put it in the ballpark of five or $6,000. We didn't anticipate that from a budget perspective. So if you can give to help out, and some of you have. Some of you have. We appreciate that. Uh, but we certainly want to challenge you, if you can, give so that we can make sure we can carry that. We've already gotten a couple of TVs. We've got to get some laptops so that everything is ready. We've already got Wi-Fi backed already, so we are just about there, but we need your help.
All right. So I want to keep that in mind. All right. So those are the things that's going on in August. Again, in August, um, st- the end of July going into August is Wolverine State Convention uh, dual session. That's the Congress and Convention. So the first week technically of uh, August uh, will be our session. Uh, I will be giving my final address during that week. I'll give you more details on that. We just want you to be aware of that as we go forward. Uh, again, during the month of August, uh, August the 13th, uh, we'll have uh, Mr. Maurice Ashley, uh, the first African-American chess grandmaster in the country. He will be here. It'll be great. Just again, this young man is phenomenal. It'll be great just to be there, say hi, shake his hand. Um, again, he is, he is in the top elite when it comes to chess in the world. And so we have him coming again to Mission in the City, okay? So again, as we look at it, looking forward to that, we've already had a couple individuals say they think they can beat him, and I say you ding, ding, game on. All right? Uh, yeah, I just want you to come. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dust, dust your chest table off and all that stuff and get yourself ready. We want you to come uh, again. Uh, we want you to be there to be a part of it. Uh, I'll give you more details as we get closer to that. But again, we're excited about that. Uh, yesterday in the mail, uh, just an FYI, yesterday in the mail, got a check for $45,000. Um, amen. Uh, it is to help us with our welcome center. And so uh, we're about 40 something thousand dollars away from what we anticipate we need. Um, and so we're working on that. We've got some things going on with the ARPA funds. Uh, we put some grants in there. Um, and so remember I shared with you a week ago, the Wix Foundation gave us 50 grand. Uh, we just got 45 grand yesterday. And I told Minister Cameron we'll be going to Red Lobsters when we get through with work on today. Uh, you know, just kind of use a little bit of that money just to get us some ribs and some stuff. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> just playing. Just playing. All right, but we're excited about that. Uh, Again, thank God for our transportation ministry. Our transportation ministry is up and running. And so, again, we're thankful again for that. If you need a ride, please make sure you call before Friday. Okay, call Thursday so that uh, Trinell can get you on the list so we know who to pick up. Fridays, we don't generally, unless you call me directly, and please don't do that because you didn't do it on the day before because sometimes I don't get a chance to, again, respond to calls. Um, But please, call by Thursday so we know you need a ride. Sunday morning, I can absolutely tell you that we don't have a chance to answer the phone. When we get in the office, on, when we get here on Sunday, you know, we're all about trying to get ready. So we don't answer calls, unfortunately. So you either have to know the phone number of the drivers to call them um, or reach out to Brother Brackett, again, who provides leadership. That would be the way you do it, but that is there for you. I have to tell you, again, I'm excited. We've got some very skilled drivers, and, again, we've, we're putting, uh, uh, again, the church's latest acquisition in the church van out there on the road. It looks very good and sleek, and, again, we're thankful to that. So, again, thanks to all of you for all that you have done. Let me, again, say thank you, thank you, thank you for all your gifts, your cards, your calls, whatever you did, again, for the family 
the first family again we thank god for your love is is it is very evident that you love us as much as we love you by your giving uh and again we certainly want you to know we appreciate you so again thank god for you thank god for new life and your gift thank god for your individual gifts we want you to know that we're always humble you don't have to do what you do um, and we, again, thank you for whatever you do. I want you to know that we certainly appreciate that. Okay. Uh, this past week, uh, we talked about, um, talked about being a living, a daily living sacrifice. I just want to just real quickly, I think I told Brother uh, Dick and Roscoe, I want to lift a thought or two, a quote or two, because I want you to know this. Um, every day God calls us to be a living sacrifice. And what does that mean? A living sacrifice is one that gives of himself so that he can be used by another for another purpose. God wants to use us every day. There is no day where we can turn off being a Christian. Okay? It is all about us asking God every day, God, what is your plan for me? And so one of the things that I said, uh, William Blake said this in a quote. He said, the most sublime act, the most supreme act is to set another before you. What is he saying? He's saying the most supreme act is to give of thyself for the benefit of others. Well, that's what John 3.16 is. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he, he gave. That's the most supreme act that God can give us. The other thing that I put out there, um, you know, I just want to lift before you uh, real quickly is that uh, Dave Krieger said this, occasion in this life we must give up or lose the things we want in order to gain the things that we really need. That makes a lot of sense to me because you do have to give up some things in order to gain uh, that which God really wants you to have. We have to give up self in order to get heaven, all right? So I think that's important. Uh, here's another thing that I thought about. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this. He said, self-sacrifice is the real miracle out of which all reported miracles grow. And so what he's saying there is, until you learn to give up yourself, you will not witness the miracles that God has in store for you. And I think that's important for us as a church, uh, for us individually, because if we're going to grow our church, there's got to be some self-sacrifice. Uh, anybody, anybody been fishing this week? Anybody? Nobody? Okay. All right. Um, anybody want to go fishing? Let me see the hand. Everybody that want to go fishing. Okay. All right. So I'll see you this week in the park. Because whether you know it or not, the park is our fishing pond. God has given us the park as a fishing pond. And every day, some 20 to 30 young men, the very men that we talk about out there shooting and ganging and playing, and, and you know, they're out there every week. And they're looking for a word. They're looking for someone to tell them that God has a plan for them. All right. You know, it's fortunate that God gave us our own fishing pond and you very seldom see us over there fishing at all. Now, think about that. God gave us a fishing pond and we don't fish. So what what ultimately happens when you don't fish? Eventually, the, the pond dries up. 
So for one day a week, for two and a half hours, could you come over and do some fishing? And fishing is not just sitting on the pavilion. Fishing is interacting. Okay? You can sit there and look at the pond all you want, but ain't no fish going to jump in your net. Come here, fishy, fishy. It's just not going to happen. You've got to be actively engaged. You've got to talk to them. You've got to relate to them. And so we've got to keep in mind that God has a purpose. After all, you know, our name is New Life Baptist Ministries, right? New Life Baptist Ministries. Now, granted, we, we did have to remove the missionary part, but I still ascribe to that. And I ascribe to that because missionary means that we leave here and we go out there. All right. Now, your neighborhood is your fishing pond. Your apartment complex is your fishing pond. All right. So if you don't fish there, you should be fishing in your neighborhood. All right. Y'all real quiet right there. That's all right. All right. We got to get to fishing. Look at the neighbor. Say, neighbor, got to get to fishing. All right. So, hey, I want to wrap up this piece on this week. And I want you to know in advance, uh, again, looking forward to a new series coming up. Uh, during this month is called Strategic Strategies for Satanic Attacks. Uh, I think it's going to be a great series uh, that we're going to start working on on, fr on Wednesday uh, because one of the things that we have to recognize is that whether you know it or not, we are always under attack. We've got to understand why we're under attack, how Satan attacks, um, and how to respond. Uh, when we face trouble, sometimes we go crazy. Sometimes we feel helpless. And I'm saying, wait a minute now. If you've been saved for any amount of years, you ought to know how to deal with trouble. We should not always be acting like we just got saved yesterday and we don't know how to respond to trouble. All right? So part of this, remember now, love, grow, serve. If we're going to grow, we've got to arm ourselves with the tools that are necessary to learn how to deal with trouble. And so that's part of what the series is. It's going to talk about why we're being attacked, what's Satan's purpose behind the attack, how we respond. You know, we got to figure out all those things. But I'm looking forward to doing that. It's going to be a great piece for us uh, as we start this upcoming Wednesday, okay? All right. So, hey, I want to try to wrap up this piece on a day uh, uh, being stretched by God to strengthen my faith. And one of the things that we talked about, um, is that sometimes in this life, we endure what's called a repeat test. Anybody ever had a repeat test? What's a repeat test? You got to take it over. Why? Because of what? You failed it. You didn't get it right. You missed some stuff. Okay. Your answer didn't quite make sense. And so what often happens, says Meek and says Trust, is that sometimes God will have to retest us. I gave you this analogy before. I want to give it to you again. Uh, how many of you uh, would allow your 16-year-old who just passed the driver's ed test yesterday to get in the car today and drive to California by himself? Why, why y'all sound surprised? Oh, no, no, uh-uh, no, he can't handle that. Well, what do you think God says about you? God says, before I can elevate you to the next dimension, the next level, if you're not prepared, why would you think, and think about this, and this is why you ought to always thank God. Why would God, why would God promote you to a position you're not prepared for? God, listen, when you are elevated, it is because God has prepared you to be at that level. 
Steve Harvey said this one day. Steve Harvey said, uh, and you know Steve Harvey has a net worth of about $160 million. Okay, about $160 million. And says, Marshall, that's coming from sleeping in his car. All right? He sleep in his car. Had no place to stay. He went from sleeping in his car to being worth $160 million. And Steve Harvey said, when I earned my first million, I started hanging around multimillionaires because I need to figure out how to get to that level and maintain myself. Okay? I'm saying that to you. I'm saying to you, if you've seen other people go through what you're going through, maybe you need to start hanging around them. Because maybe they can show you something. Maybe they can teach you something or say something that can help you be able to be ready to get to that next level. Well, we know that happened with all of us. Peter flunked the test. Jesus said, look, I got to die. Says Fefe, I got to die. He said, and Peter said, no, 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 Jesus, you ain't down. I got you, man. I got your back. You ain't got to worry about nothing. See this right here? I got it right here. Anybody roll up on you? They got to come to me first. Jesus said, look. He said, let me tell you something. Before the night is over, he said, you're going to deny me three times. And sure enough, what happened? Jesus got arrested. <laughs> it's amazing, Brother Simmons. Jesus got arrested, and his boys that he spent three years investing in, when the guards, the centurions came to get him, they all got up and started running. All right? They all took off. Jesus got arrested. But Peter hangs around by sneaking around behind them. He goes to try to warm himself at this fire. And the girl said, wait a minute. You, you sound like one of them. She said, no, no, sis, you, you must got me confused. That was somebody else. Slide away from that fire, go to another. And somebody said, you, you sound, uh, no, no, there's somebody else. Well, the third time he got accused, he started cussing. He started cussing. And then he remembered what Jesus had said. Jesus had to get Peter to a point where he understood that when you stand for me, it just can't be when it's convenient for you. You cannot deny me just when it's convenient for you. You can't just be a Christian when you're in church. You can't just be a Christian when it's convenient. Huh? Because some of us, you know, pray to the Lord, saints. The only time we say that is when we with other saints. I mean, come on now. You know, and at the end of the day, we've got to understand, you're a Christian 24-7, 365 until the day of death. All right? There is no day off. You're always a Christian no matter where you go, no matter what you do, whether you do the electric slide or whether you're in the casino, you're still a Christian. Now, you may be a bad example of a Christian, but the bottom line, you're still a Christian. And what Jesus is saying to us you know, the reason why sometimes he has to retest us is because we've not become strong enough at this point to be able to stand at the next level. It, not, let's not even talk about the next level. Sometimes you can't stand at the level that you are at. So he has to keep strengthening your faith. And for us as a church, don't, don't underestimate the test that we're going through now. All right? Trying to build the church, trying to grow the church. God is saying this, and I... You know, and we keep being tested on this every week. God say, why should I keep sending folks to y'all church when y'all won't show up in Bible study? Why should I keep showing up? Why should I send people to a church where half y'all don't even come to church no more because you don't feel like it because you'd rather stay at home in your pajamas rather than get dressed and come to church? (laughs) 
I said, I'm just looking at the realistic things. I mean, think about this. And it just amazed me, Sister Simmons. If you can go to Outback, if you can go to the new steak, what's the new, what's the, what's the new steak place? Sis, sis? If you can go to the Texas Roadhouse and wait for an hour to eat. Huh? If you can go to the grocery store. If your kids can go to school with a mask on, why they can't come to church with a mask on? And so God is saying, whether you know it or not, I'm really seeing where you stand. So if you want me to increase the membership and increase the favor and the miracles and all these things, first of all, there's got to be some true tested people that believe and walk by what I ask them to do. So God keep testing us. All right. And I, and I get it. You know, I, I get it. I, you know, technology has been a blessing to cheat them. Technology has been a blessing for us. But there again, remember to everything, there's a time and a season. Now, technology will still be a part of us. It will always be a part of us. It will never end. But at some point, you know, the body of Christ needs to come together again. I get it. There might be some concerns. I'm not trying to push anybody to do anything you should not do. I always want to preface it by saying, be guided by the Holy Spirit. But if you don't talk to the Holy Spirit, how can he guide you? That makes sense? Did he guide you to the grocery store? Did he guide you to go over your family house for the 4th of July? And you know Pookie going to be there. And you know he ain't got no shots. I mean, come on now. And so when I'm looking at this stuff, I, you know, I keep trying to make sense. I, tell you, I, I ask a lot of questions because I always, I'm, I'm just curious like that. It's amazing to me that we can do those things, but we can't do what God tells us to do. All right? And so when you look at our world right now, let me just throw this out to you so I can move forward. It's, it's, it's not surprising to me that our young people today are more depressed and are committing suicide more right now than they were two and a half years ago. Domestic violence is up across the country in the last two and a half years. Because, you know, part of us is thought that, well, you, you couldn't go no place. You know, you would, you would leave all day so you didn't have to be around him. Now y'all ain't had no choice. Y'all had to stay in the same house. And y'all really found out y'all really didn't like each other. And y'all really started fighting. I mean, real talk. Am I right about that? Am I just making this up? I know I'm right about it. And so at the end of the day, what God is saying to us, you know, now is, okay, now what? So for me, a retest is about God saying, I'm not ready for you to move forward. And I thank God, listen at this, I thank God in his infinite wisdom, God did not put me there because God knows me better than me, right? Okay, like, like three of y'all don't say amen that time, so y'all know yourself better than God? No, you don't. I'll just tell you, just bust your little bubble. All right? So God said, wait a minute now. God says, um, you know, at the end of the day, you're not ready. Uh, God says, um, I still got some things you need to learn. God said, before I can, e listen at this, before I can elevate you, sometimes I need people to see you at this level before you move to the next level. 
They need to see that you are ready, that you are qualified, that you can handle. So God needs people to see you here before he elevates you there. All right. One of the things that Steve Harvey constantly does, he say, look, I'll tell you right now, I'm not a perfect Christian. He says, but I acknowledge that God is the only reason why I am where I am. All right. He says that all the time. And yeah, he does. Steve, Steve Harvey does cuss. He does. All right. And he acknowledges that he still has some obstacles he's got to get over. But by the same token, he still says, I'm at where I am now. I can stand at this level because of what God took me through to get here. And sometimes he has some setbacks and some upsets and all these other things, but he survived. And I'm saying to us, God is saying the same thing to us. So one of the things I discovered is that retests or repeat tests can be given the same way. Sometimes God will say, you know what, I'm just going to test you the same way I did before. Sometimes God will say, no, it'll come in a different format. All right? So don't think because you got tested now, it's going to be the same test next week or next month or next year. But God will bring it back because in order for you to advance, you got to pass the test. All right? Anybody ever took a spelling test and you kept misspelling the same word? Anybody? Now, some of y'all don't want us to think y'all can't spell, but, I mean, just real talk. I mean, you probably misspelled a word here or there. Yeah, I mean, real talk. I t- I, it's a bunch of words I didn't misspell. I still misspell some right now. All right? I mean, at the end of the day. But the bottom line is to not admit that you cannot, that you spell every word correct is just a flat-out lie. You're lying to yourself. And so God said, wait a minute. Do you expect me to think that you're really a super Christian? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You're speaking in tongues, all that stuff. But you can't handle small stuff like tithes? God said, you didn't already told me right there. You're not ready for nothing else that I'm going to bring in your life. All right? And one of the things I believe about God at the end of the day, one of the things, God will never give you more than he has prepared you to handle. Okay, which means if you can't handle this, he's not going to put more until you demonstrate you can do that. All right. So I have to ask this question of the church. You know, why would, says Jay, why would God bless us with more when we are not obedient and faithful with the little that he already gives us? Ever thought about that? Now, let me make this personal. Why should God give you more than you have when you're not faithful over what he's already given you? All right. I mean, you got a car, right? But you don't take care of the car, all right? You can't even see the back seat because you got too much stuff back there. <laughs> now, I ain't talking about nobody. I ain't looked in none of y'all cars, so don't say nothing. The car, the car is black. No, wait a minute. The car is actually red, but you haven't washed it since you had it. So we think the car is black, all right? Um, you don't take care of the car. God said, wait a minute, why should I bless you with a better car when you won't take care of the car that I gave you? All right. I know you say you want a bigger house, okay? But you ain't cut the grass at your house in three weeks. Hmm? I'm just asking questions. And so when you look at that, you know, and that's not talking about what the house looked like on the inside. And, I, you know, I'm not telling you I'm going to come knock on none of y'all door this week, which I just might if I get your address. 
But it'd be interesting to come in and just kind of take a white glove and do the glove test. I ain't trying to make y'all feel guilty about nothing. I'm just asking questions, Brother Schaefer. Some of us ain't dusted in yeons. We ain't cleaned in yeons. That same dirt been in that corner for, since 1995. Come on now. Now, I ain't telling you go home and start, you know, Reverend, I, you know, I got, I, I look, I'm just saying what I'm saying. I'm just saying what I'm saying. All right. So when I think about these things, I think it's important to understand this. You know, there's a couple things that we have to think about. First and foremost, uh, when we fail to be stretched by God. Now, think about this. When we fail to be stretched by God, says Charles, what we're really telling God is, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I like where I am. I like the way I am. I like what I do. I like who I hang out with. I like the way my life is. So what you're really telling God is, I'm sorry, but I'm being disobedient on this one. Now, I'm just putting some very blunt words out there. You may never say that, but your actions demonstrate it. God say, I'm trying to stretch you. And you say, no, uh-uh. I'm, I'm good. I like the way I am. So, so there's a couple things that we got to understand. Number one, th that uh, when we fail to be stretched, first and foremost, I wanna, I'm, a, I'm getting ready to cuss. So I'm just sorry. Uh, I, I hate to say this cuss word, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, when, when we fail uh, to be stretched, um, it, is, it is called, it's a start with a D, disobedience. All right? Disobedience. I mean, at the end of the day, and, and disobedience can come in the form of a couple of things. Number one, the hardening of our heart. I'm not going to do it, and I didn't already made my mind up. And the Bible says this. It says, uh, today if you hear his voice, what? Harden not your heart. All right? So sin can cause us to be disobedient. All right? I'm not doing it. I'm not changing I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going out there and deal with that. I'm not, I, I don't feel like dealing, dealing with that. No, you're being disobedient. But then secondly, what can ultimately happen is there's a silencing of the conscious. Why should God keep giving you instructions to do something when you won't obey the ones he already gave you? Think about that. So what happens is the Holy Spirit becomes silent because you're not listening to him. Anybody ever had that happen in your life? Huh? It doesn't feel good, does it? You listen, you waiting for a voice, but he ain't saying, and God said, wait a minute, why, why should I say anything? I told you what to do two years ago. But you with your hard head self, you know, you were so in love, I kept telling you that joker wasn't right for you. I told you to get your stuff and go back home. But your pride was in the way. All right? And he didn't beat up on you a couple more times. I kept telling you to leave in. So God is saying, why should I keep wasting my breath talking to you when you won't respond to the stuff I already gave you? Man, I, you know, I just got it tight, man. I, you know, I can't get my bills together. God said, when I told you to tie it, I'd open the windows for you. Hmm? He said, bring all the ties into the storehouse that they might be meeting my house. He said, and I'll open up the window. God said, what you waiting for? I could take care of your problem just like that. But when you don't, listen, Jesus said, I got to go back to heaven, right? But I'm not going to leave you comfortless. 
I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit that will guide you, instruct you on the way that you should go. And what often happens is that we become desensitized to the unctioning of the Holy Spirit. The word desensitized means you just don't pay attention no more. Now, in case you're saying, but Reverend, that can't be me. Well, let me just talk humanistically for a second. Sometimes we become desensitized to people in our house talking to us. Hmm? You know how sometimes you can pretend like you don't hear folks, but you actually do hear them, but you pretend like you don't hear them so that they won't actually want you to try to hear them when they try to, you know what I'm saying? Huh? Your kids be sitting in there watching TV and you be saying, boy, get in there and get that bed fixed. He just sitting there looking at TV. You come in there. Didn't you hear me? No, I didn't hear you. I'm just in the next room. You couldn't hear me in the next room? Come on now. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, so you, you ain't got no excuse. Listen, you cannot say I didn't hear because my hearing aids weren't working. Huh? Because he lives inside of you. All right? He knows your mind. He speaks to your heart and your mind. All right? And so for me at the end of the day, you know, sometimes when we delay, you know, what we're really saying is I don't feel like doing that, and I don't care what nobody say, this just ain't me. So God said, okay, fine. I'm not going to say anything else until you start obeying what I've asked you to do. Any, anybody ever felt like that in your life where you felt like, okay, things are just in hold, that God is not moving you, that your direction is not clear, like you're almost stuck? Sometimes we got to look at the reason why we are stuck. And sometimes we're stuck because of decisions and situations we put ourselves in. God said, I try to tell you don't go down that path. So sometimes before God will get you out of that path, sometimes he has to allow you to understand what it means to be in that path. Anybody ever been there before? Yeah. All right. I just want to make sure. All right. So then the other thing that can happen when you don't want God to stretch you, sometimes God will have to whoop you. Okay. Anybody ever got a spiritual whooping before? I mean, God is whooping you on every side. In your relationships, I mean, you, you're not resting like you should. You can't be focused. Your money is acting crazy. St people around you. I mean, God will whoop you in such a way you know this, this man, God getting at me right now. Sometimes God will put you in that position, all right? And, and the thing that God says is this. God says uh, that, you know, God disciplines those whom he loves because he wants you to be straight. All right. So sometimes, you know, and God look at it from both perspectives. It don't feel good, but thank God that God loves me enough that he wants me to get me straight. All right. The key thing to remember is this. Um, delayed or even partial obedience is total disobedience. Let me say that again. Delayed or partial obedience is total disobedience disobedient you're gonna do it when you feel like doing it that's delayed god said no that's disobedient all right so so i i asked this question before but what else can god say to you if you won't obey him what, what else is there for him to say what what you think you're gonna do you you like gonna disobey god here and then carry on another conversation there like God never got this one? 
How does that, how does that work? Because I promise you, when you try to get God over here, God will say, hold on, wait a minute. Did you forget we still got an issue on the table we got to deal with? Anybody? Come on. I, I mean, for real. God said, wait a minute. Did you forget? And see, that's why I think sometimes his trust, that's why I think his meeting, sometimes people don't pray to God because they already know. Wait a minute. God going to say, wait, hold up. Don't you ask me for another thing until you tell me about this lying issue that you got. No, we can't talk. Uh-uh, hold up. Time out. Uh-uh. Cut. No, we got to deal with this first. You, Lord, you know, Lord, you know, yeah, I know you, but now I, I need you to start admitting that you did some stuff wrong. Until we can get that right, I can't go no further. All right? And so what God is saying to us, a part of stretching our faith is that in order for me to move you forward, we got to make sure we're on the same page. And sometimes we're not on the same page with God. And here's the sad part. Many of us are comfortable not being on the same page as God. Why? Because we get to be us and not represent him. And I tell you, that's one of the worst positions you can ever be in. When you can flip the script and not be Christian and be yourself. Now, I know me. And I know some of y'all. Huh? And some of y'all know some of us. Before we was. And some of y'all know some of us right now beyond the church. Y'all got real quiet. Still cussing on the phone with each other. Uh Reverend, why you always talking about cussing? Because I know a lot of y'all cuss. (laughs) I mean, for real. Brother Simmons, am I right about that or not? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so here's where I am. I could be wrong. Um, I could be wrong. But I think it's imperative to, to ask this question. Um, when God is trying to stretch me, here's what God is saying. This is what I've said to God. God, I trust you, and I trust the plan that you have for me. Now, let me just make sure you understand. Just because I tell God I'm okay with God stretching me does not mean the situation I'm going to be in is comfortable. Because it's not. And that's why I told you, get comfortable being uncomfortable. I trust God. I just don't like the situation I'm in. That's comfortable being uncomfortable. All right? I'm also telling God I can endure stretching knowing that in the end, I'm going to be positioned to achieve his goal for my life. And I think sometimes we miss the mark. When we get in in situations where our life has been turned upside down, our children acting crazy, we got stuff going on with our bills and our our bodies and everything else, we have a tendency to focus on those rather than to keep our eyes on him. Anybody know Psalm 121, verse 1? It ought to be one of your favorite verses in the Bible. And I think it says this. I would look to the hills from which cometh my help. For all of my help, no matter what my situation, Sister Brown, I know where God, so when I get in, my help is going to come from him. Nobody else. And let me make sure you understand when I say nobody else. God will send people on his behalf to help me. People don't just show up in your life because they just showed up. 
Okay, let me help you. Given it shall be given, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men deposit? Where do you think the men come from? The men come from God to deposit. That's God's way of saying to you, I got you covered. Okay? That's God's way of saying that. So, so let me summarize our piece, if you will. Some things for you to think about. Uh, the stretch zone is where God is always at his finest, perfecting the people he's called to serve. Anybody ever been in the stretch zone? Yes, sir. All right? Stretch zone. We talked about that. You know, God stretches me to strengthen me. Can anybody say amen to that? And listen, every time we are stretched, our stretching is significant because it is a part of God's plan for me. Every time God stretched me, he is taking me somewhere. He's getting me prepared for something. And let me make sure we understand this, Brother Ernie. When I say that God is getting me prepared for something, you know, it, it does not have to be something monumental. It can just be to handle the way life is designed right now. All right? It can just be to handle the things that we're doing right now. Here's another one. For each assignment that God gives you, there has been a level of preparation prior to the work. I didn't just get where I am here overnight. I've been, I've been at this now for nearly 30 years. And God has been preparing me for such a time as this. I need to say that to you. You didn't just get where you are overnight. God has been preparing you. And you need to understand that God has been preparing you, which means that he still has purpose for you. Now, the purpose is not for you just to keep everything and hog it to yourself. Uh, Sister Schaefer, God wants you to share how you got where you are. Because somebody younger than you needs to understand that it's not going to always be easy. Okay, anybody here retired that can talk about some of the struggles you went through in life? Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy. You know, trying to make ends meet, it was not easy. Trying to deal with cheering, it ain't, and it still ain't easy. Because, you know, they grown, but they still act like cheering. Some of the decisions that they make, you be like, wait a minute now, this, come on now, you should have learned this back when you was in the fifth grade. Come on now. You still acting like this? Come on, when you going to grow up? All right? So when I think about these things, I, I want you to keep in mind that God is always preparing you before the assignment. All right? Here's the other thing to keep in mind. Satan, listen, Satan has no problem tearing your life up in order to prove you are not what God says that you are. Can, can I just tell you this, Brother Harrison? I've seen many a women and many a men tumble from levels in their spiritual walk because they were not paying attention to the little devices that Satan inserted in their life. Satan has no problem. Listen, if he'll rip up Job's life, what make you think he won't rip up your life? And Job... God said, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him. God was bragging on Job just like God brags on you. And can I just tell you this here? And I know you probably know, but let me say it anyway. Satan can't stand you. Huh? He can't, listen, he cannot stand that God's got a plan for you. He cannot stand that you are highly favored. He cannot stand that you are a recipient of God's grace and mercy. 
And anytime he can trip you, anytime that he can make your life Listen, don't you think he ain't working on a plan right now? Look, you, you, get, you done got your ribs all marinated. And, you know, you got everything already. You got the coleslaw already. You got the charcoal on the grill already. And you about to go home after service and start grilling. And hell will show up. And so Satan is always trying to determine your faith strength. Satan wants to know how strong are you. And he'll keep pressing to see how much he can push. Once he finds out your faith level, he then develops a systematic approach to belittling and undermining that faith that you have. His goal is not for you to get stronger, it's for you to get weaker. Okay? Think about Job. In a span of an hour, he lost everything. And the one statement that sticks in my spirit is Job say, the Lord gave it, the Lord can take it. But blessed be the name of the Lord. He can take it if he wants. He gave it to me. Now, if that was happening to some of y'all, some of y'all be cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs right about now. I mean, for real. You be done lost your mind. You know, we always use the big W. Why me? Why this happened to me? Why I got to go through this? Why so, you know, you know, this ain't, no, no, no. No. First of all, understand, everything you have is a blessing. And if God gave it to you, he has prerogative to take it back. But my, listen, my life is not defined by things. My life is defined by my relationship with him. So here's something to think about. Um, God allows trouble, crisis, plans, um, uh, pain, I'm sorry, crisis, trouble, pain, and suffering in order that we may learn how to depend on him for his mercy, for his comfort, and his strength. How will you ever depend on God if you don't go have some trouble in your life? Hmm? See, I believe this. I could be wrong, says Bill, but some of us have gone to a point where everything we do is always centered around us. All right? I got it. I can handle it. God will make it so you can't handle nothing. One day you can go to the bank, hmm? And somebody didn't hack your account just like they hacked some of y'all Facebook pages. Had a friend of mine, had a friend of mine uh, one day, and the Lord blessed him. The Lord blessed him immensely, financially. Uh, he went to the bank, and he noticed that $10,000 had been taken out of his account. Okay? Goes the next day, notice another fifteen had been taken. Okay? Now, he eventually, he got the money back, but he had to rely on somebody else to help him get the money. He couldn't track it. He couldn't trace. He didn't know where it came from. He didn't know who had deducted it. He had to depend on the banking system to do a forensic audit to find his money. Even though he had more money, he wasn't interested in 25 G's just popping out of his account. I wouldn't have been either. And you know how some of us can be right now. We check our account every day. Wait a minute. I'm missing a penny. Where that penny go? 
I mean, for real, since I, I mean, we'll call the bank. Wait a minute now. I'm missing a penny. Where, where that penny go? No, y'all took that out. I see it right there. I, look, now. I mean, for real. So a retest is God simply saying to us um, uh, to accomplish what I need to accomplish in you. Uh, I need to take you back. I need to put you back in the oven. Okay? need to put you back in because you ain't done. And I told you about two or three weeks ago, it's a very sad state of affairs that there's a lot of half-done Christians walking around representing God. They think they cook. They think they eat. They think they the, the, the whatever. Y'all can put the word in right there if y'all want. It's a lot of half-done Christians. And people look at you and see you half done and think that's what the rest of us are made of. All right? And so God is saying, listen, I'm not done with you. So in order for you to get done, I've got to continue to put you in a place where you're under pressure, you experience pain, discomfort, and all the others so that you come back to me and let me take care of your problems for you. That's what a retest is. Don't think that you're done with a retest. So cheat them at some point, you'll get more of them. All right? Even the best of us experience retests. All right? So I don't want you to think this is just related to you at the end of the day. Now, some of us, I've discovered, uh, like to be in a comfort zone. Says Blanche Williams. Some of us like to be in a comfort zone. Says Brewer. The comfort zone is where I'm all right. I don't want nothing different. I like it the way it is. You know, and I said this before. Some of us have certain stuff in our house we ain't moved in years. We got, we got Jet magazines from 1972. Huh? We got furniture that's been in a place for 20 years, and the carpet around it has changed colors. I'm just looking back here because somebody going to accuse me of being in your house, and I ain't been in your house. Some of us got sin like that, that we've got it in our lives, and you're comfortable doing them because I'm doing everything else all right. Why you got to get on me about this? God said, be holy. He didn't say be holy in your finances only. He didn't say be holy in your Bible study. He said be holy. That means in everything. All right? So for me, it's real, it's real important. The comfort zone says I'm not interested in learning nothing new. I'm all right like I am. And some of us will get mad when we're challenged by other Christians. What you need to do is mind your own business. Huh? Now, I know none of y'all said that. What you really need to do is you need to be minding your own business. You need to take care of your man where they've been worrying about my business. Am I talking to anybody? What you need to do is get that old bad son of yours and start worrying about my life. See, what you need to understand is that person has been waiting to say that to you for a long time. I mean, for real now, because notice now, Brother Schaefer, I could be wrong, and I'm not talking about nobody, but sometimes when people get drunk, they say the stuff they've always wanted to say to you. I mean, for they've been waiting for the moment to say it, and now they lick it up, and they got some gumption about them. 
and then go have the nerve to say I apologize afterwards. I'm sorry. I was drunk. I didn't mean to say that. No, you wanted to say it. You just needed some liquor, some Johnny Walker Red in you to get the courage to come and say it. I was angry. I just mean, no, you said that because you really want to say it. You just camouflaging it behind this anger. You've been wanting to talk about me for a long time. So what is God telling us now? Here's what I hope we pick up from this. You know, again, our vision is love, grow, serve. I think God wants to stretch us in the way we love people and how we grow and how we serve. I mean, that's been the, that's been the premise from day one. If you don't grow, how can you love more? If you don't grow in the word and in your relationship with him, how can you serve? Because when you serve, it's not about you bragging about what you've done. You must decrease and he must increase. It's not about you. It's about them. Him. It's about him getting the glory. And that's what God wants to be. Let me throw this out there because my time is up. Um, uh, yesterday, our prayer ministry met. And uh, again, uh, I want to say to all of you uh, that you've got a group of people that intercede. They pray on your behalf. That's why we got a prayer box in the foyer. You can take a prayer request and put it in there. Here's what I want to invite you to do. Uh, I think there were 22 requests on yesterday, 29 requests, something somewhere in that ballpark area. Here's what I want you to do. When God answers that prayer, I want you to make sure you come back and tell the prayer ministry. Make sense? When God answers that prayer, I want you to make sure you come back and tell the prayer ministry. Because the Bible says this, the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. They need to know that their prayers are availing much. All right, Sister Blanche Williams provides the lead for that. She's got a great group with her uh, in here praying. Uh, and we need to know from you that their prayers are changing things in your life. All right? All right. Hey, uh, we got uh, just a couple minutes, uh, again, to take a break, take a quick stretch, and do what you need to do. Uh, your curling iron should be hot by now so you can finish your hair, so you can get ready for church. Uh, we got about 29 minutes and some change to get ready. We look forward to seeing you. Uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Until then, be blessed, and I'll see you shortly.